from API. This is Energy Tomorrow Radio, your source for information and conversation about the most important energy issues of the day. Welcome to Energy Tomorrow Radio. I'm Jane Van Ryan. The U.S. government released statistics a few days ago showing that U.S. natural gas supplies have reached the highest level since 1971. Much of the credit for the supply expansion goes to drilling companies that are using a combination of horizontal drilling and hydraulic fracturing to coax natural gas from hard rock formations like the Barnett Shale in Texas. One of the companies providing hydraulic fracturing services to drillers is Halliburton. And today we have David Adams, Halliburton's Vice President for Production Enhancement, on the telephone. Thanks for joining us today, David. Jane, it's my pleasure. Well, let's begin by providing a brief explanation of hydraulic fracturing. What is it exactly? At a basic level, Jane, it's a process used to deliver water and sand to rock formations deep underground. I mean, it creates these tiny fissures in what would otherwise be solid, densely packed rock. And those fissures are the conduits that allow trapped oil and natural gas to flow to the wellbore, which create the means for oil and natural gas to reach the surface. And from there, to the consumer. Uh, to understand you know, exactly how, how dense this rock is, you would just simply need to pick up a, um, a piece of shell and then look at that piece of shell. And it's almost difficult to even imagine the fact that in, trapped inside that shell are small molecules of natural gas. And, and just to give you an example of that, in shell we're talking about a rock that's denser than concrete, which in itself is 10 times denser than asphalt. So really, hydraulic fracturing is the key to unlocking those tight, diffuse pockets of hydrocarbon. And paired with horizontal drilling, it's what's made the shale gas revolution possible in the modern context as we see it today. And how long has hydraulic fracturing been used in the U.S. Uh, oil and natural gas fields? Yeah, you know, if you just listened in the general public and what you read in the newspapers, you would might think it's something that was just freshly created in the last 10 years. But the reality of it is it's been around for over 60 years. And just to put t- some statistics to that, and in, in that time frame, there's been over 1.1 million individual wells that have undergone this process. Those wells have delivered to the American public more than 600 trillion cubic feet of natural gas and over 7 billion barrels of oil. And as we know, our demand for energy is going to keep growing. And so those numbers will keep climbing dramatically over the next several years. Now, it's also important, you know, I think from an energy service perspective, we recognize the need and the importance for renewables and what they're going to play as a part of the energy supply of the future. But the reality of it is it's going to take a combination of all energy to be able to to, to manage that, that overall demand. You know, there are critics of hydraulic fracturing who assert that the water and sand that you've already mentioned are also mixed with some chemicals and that underground, when they create these fissures and rocks, they also threaten drinking water supplies. Is that accurate? Jane, absolutely not. And, and I think if these critics took the time to research in an honest way the record, of, the record of safety and performance to which hydraulic fracturing has laid claim over the past six years, they'd arrive at a very different conclusion. Today, the typical frac jobs involve interacting with strata or with rock that's miles, literally miles, and, and maybe even two miles below the lower, lowest water aquifer. And trillions and tons of dense rock fill that space between the two. I mean, we think about it. I mean, Mother Nature has trapped it underground there for a very long period of time. And that's exactly what's allowed us and put us in the business that we do today to help release that from the underground uh, that's been trapped there for many years. 
And in, in addition, the EPA, the Groundwater Protection Council, the state of Pennsylvania and New York, and many other agencies have already concluded that hydraulic fracturing has never been found to adversely affect or impact any underground source of drinking water. But how do you know that the chemicals that are going underground don't reach the groundwater during the fracturing process? That's a good question, Jane. And I'll tell you, our company is a solution business. We're really in the solution business. And just about everything we do is driven by science and data and the feedback we're receiving from formations we're fracturing. And so Halliburton provides its customers with some of the most advanced 3D fracture mapping technology on the market today. More subsurface data and geological information means a better understanding of the reservoir, a greater productivity at the wellhead, but it's also an important tool that our customers use to protect the environment and keep the public and, uh, and their drinking water safe. The other key advantage of this technology, it allows us to understand precisely where our fractures are going in the context of not just a one fracture in a single well bore, but multiple fractures in multiple well bores, and we can look at across an entire reservoir. And so what that allows us to do, it allows us to better understand where we need to place our next well bore, so further reducing the overall footprint exposure we have on the surface. Well, just in general now, how large would you say the distance is between the hydraulic fracturing underground and the groundwater, say in the Barnett Shale, for example? And then how does that compare with the distance between the fractures and the groundwater in the Marcellus Shale? It's interesting you asked that, Jane, because just recently we, we, we wanted to basically come to a really strong conclusion on exactly where we stood there as well. So one of Halliburton's subsidiary companies is Pinnacle. It specializes in this 3D fracture mapping that I just discussed. And we asked them to deliver, uh, to, uh, deliver uh, to ask them to help us better understand exactly what is the distance based, based on the fracture mapping that they've conducted. And what they delivered and what they've produced is uh, also online today on Energy In-Depth and also at the website of American Oil and Gas Reporter. But what they found after mapping thousands of fracturing operations in the Barnett since 2001 and in the Marcellus since 2006, they found these following statistics. More than 3,500 feet of rock separate the closest fracture from the lowest aquifer point in the Barnett. More than 4,500 feet separate the two in the Marcellus. And those numbers represent the outlier cases. On average, you're looking at 5,000 feet of separation in the Barnett and 6,000 feet in the Marcellus. That's over a mile of separation and equivalent to five Empire State Buildings. Very interesting point. Um, but there are still plenty of concerns about the chemicals. There are critics who contend that the fracturing companies, including Halliburton, should divulge the chemicals in the fracturing fluids. What's your position on that? Well, Jane, we believe that it's a great value in having a grown-up conversation about American energy, about American energy will, where, excuse me, about where American energy will come from in the future. And what sort of tools and technologies will be called upon to deliver it safely and efficiently to the public? Halliburton has always supported disclosure. I mean, it's a misnomer to think that we haven't. And we comply with all local, state, and federal regulation focused on disclosure. Halliburton has also always had a toll-free number that is monitored 24-7 in order to answer questions about what is used at a particular well site in the unlikely event of an emergency. But we realize, based on all of this, we still realize that there's a lot of public frustration associated with the information that we do provide and that it's not in a method that's clear and easy for the general public to understand. 
So last month, we took the big, bold step and launched an entire new website devoted to con conveying that information directly to the public in a way that is easily understood. You can find this link on our, our, our homepage at Halliburton.com, and I think many folks will agree that we've effectively set a new industry standard with this site when it comes to transparency. In the months to come, we're going to commit to continue adding more pages to the site and plan to eventually have information on every state in the U.S. where we're conducting hydraulic fracturing work. So you've put a number of the chemicals on the website, uh, but when it comes to a well-by-well -well basis, who actually owns the information about the chemicals that are used in any particular well? Yeah, I mean, Jane, in, in those particular wells, I mean, the, we, we provide information in general to what we have in our complete portfolio of chem chemicals that we use. But when it comes to a well-by-well -well perspective, the ownership of those, those chemicals belong to the operator and those customers and clients that we go work for. So it's up to them, in a sense, to divulge what's actually being used in any particular well. That's correct, because it, is, it, it does become their product. Halliburton recently announced a new approach to creating fracturing fluids, including these chemicals. Can you briefly describe your company's efforts? Yeah, sure. I, mean, I think first we have to understand the landscape and how it's really changed, Jane. Uh, our customers are operating right now in an environment where four-plus-dollar four gas uh, simply just years ago would not even be economical, and it makes it very challenging. So it's imperative doing more with less. And doing this with greater efficiency and lower impacts becomes very important. Of course, the greater level of efficiency, the more sustainable you're going to make the operations. So everyone can always agree, that, and it's, always, it's a known fact, that efficient business practices make good economic sense. But now folks are waking up to the fact that it makes great environmental sense as well. And our customers demand both of these, both from an efficiency perspective and from an environmental perspective. For a number of reasons, there's probably never been a better time to roll out a fracturing fluid solution that has distinct advantages over traditional fluid systems. With that said, we have a new fluid system that we refer to as Clean Stem that's comprised of materials sourced entirely from the food industry. So let me repeat that. I mean, a fracturing fluid system that's sourced all of its components entirely from the food industry. How more benign can you get? In addition, we recognize the need to reduce the amount of fresh water that we use every day for these hydraulic fracturing treatments. And so Halliburton's bring to the table technologies that allow us to reuse the fracturing fluids over and over again with the process we call our clean wave. And in addition, we're looking at technologies that reduce the overall chemistries that we have on location and replace it with a mechanical means. And Halliburton's using that with the adoption of what we refer to as our clean stream, which uses ultraviolet light technology that's used in hospitals and water plants today for, 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 various, for various purposes. You mentioned efficiency and how important it is, and there is competition in the fracturing industry. There are other companies that provide the services that you provide. So what potentially could happen if companies like yours were forced to disclose to the public the exact chemical makeup of the fracturing fluids used in every single well? Yeah, Jane, I think it would be extremely detrimental to the industry, and I'll tell you why. For one, Halliburton and our competitors spend millions of dollars of research developing the chemistries that we do that will significantly increase the overall performance of these wells. Without this technology and without this innovation, we would be nowhere near where we are today. And the moment that we would have to fully disclose and then give up those trade secrets or that intellectual property that we have surrounding that technology, that innovation would die. 
there would not be any further advancements. There would be no benefit for either company to go out there and to spend that money just so that someone else could quickly copy that. So it, it would just it would it would put a, a halt to any innovation that's going on associated with the chemical chemistry development. And it's not just from an increase in uh, from a development perspective, from a increase in production, but also from an environmental perspective. It would just halt the overall evolution and a, a quick evolution that we've seen in our industry thus far. Very good point. Well, David Adams, thank you so much for giving us Halliburton's perspective on hydraulic fracturing on Energy Tomorrow Radio. It's been my pleasure. Thank you for joining us on Energy Tomorrow Radio, brought to you by the people of America's oil and natural gas industry. For more information about this podcast or to submit questions for future shows, visit energytomorrow.org. That's energytomorrow.org.